in a world that has more than enough information and noise. Is it even possible to truly anchor ourselves and have peace in a scattered world? Hi, this is Pamela and Mary, and we are a mother-daughter team who span two generations but share one message. We will delve into what it looks like to be fully integrated, body, soul, and spirit, and will bring encouragement and hope all along the way. We get it. Life is hard. And let's be real. Hard doesn't even begin to describe it on some days. But we want you to know that you're not alone. And not only that, we are here to come alongside you and cheer you on as you walk out your individual storyline. So join us as we journey together and laugh, cry, and everything in between. Welcome to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey, Ma. Hey, Mary. And hey, everybody out there. Thanks again for joining us. We're excited to have you here. It's a new day today. Poor Malachi. He's staying with his grandparents this week and he called me the other morning and his eyes were super puffy. And I was like, buddy, what's going on? He's like, I don't know what's wrong. I can't open my eye. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And apparently he had been mowing the whole day before and he got poison ivy all over him everywhere. Oh my gosh. I can't believe he didn't call me Well, uh, you know how poison ivy can like take a minute to show up. So he woke up and yeah, it's just his eyes swollen shut and it was just everywhere. So I'm like, oh, I feel so bad. I'm not there. I can't see him as a young man that he is. And I just I, want to go hold him and say, I know, I know. My husband's like, well, maybe this is good, you know, that you're not. I mean, yes. So building somewhat, maybe a little resiliency. Yes, resiliency. We are talking about resiliency today. I feel like this is the topic of the hour, right? I feel like everyone talks has been talking about this. Where is resiliency gone in our children? Or we feel it in ourselves. <laughs> I can't not say this, that we tried to do this podcast episode a different day. And I asked my daughter and she said it was totally fine if I shared this. But yeah, we, we tried to record this podcast on resiliency. And my daughter called me as we are recording this podcast. And she's like, mom, I'm super anxious. I can't go to work and I'm just super upset. And will you just come sit with me? Bella, I'm recording right now. It's about resiliency. And she (laughs) kind of laughed and yeah, it was funny. She's like, yeah, you can use me in as an example that I need more resiliency. I'm like, yes, we had to stop our podcast on resiliency so I could help speak life and encouragement and tell you that you could do it. So yes, I was like, wow, Lord, this is a, this is a big topic. So yes. So resiliency and all the things about it. And I'm just going to kind of jump in here, mom. Yes. Just go for just it. Go for it. I think when I first think of the word resiliency, I don't know about anybody else, but I think of kind of gritting it out, right? Like pull yourself up by your bootstraps, get it done. Just be more resilient, power through, make it happen. And I think even what sometimes when I hear older people, older, even older than you, mom, you know, just (laughs) when I kind of, I'm just imagining, I guess, in my head of like an old grandpa kind of sitting on his front porch, kind of angry, one of those angry grandpas, where did the weird resiliency go? You know, I used to be able to walk uphill both ways in the snow, just kind of that grit, right? Um, And that's kind of what I think of resiliency, like, where did that go? So we're not talking about that kind of resiliency. So if we're not talking about that kind of resiliency, then what are we talking about? What is resiliency? And that really was what I was trying to really process in the last few weeks, really in this last year of 
what is resiliency, Lord? What do you say resiliency is and what is it not? I'm just going to add to that is about what it's not. So I do think what you're saying is maybe what a lot of people feel. Maybe as they get older, they definitely feel more of that because they don't, they have certain opinions the older they get. But I would say when I think of resiliency, I basically think of maybe in some ways kind of the opposite of that. What what comes to my mind when I think about it is, oh Lord, where are our internal resources sort of come to the table with compassion? How is it even possible to be resilient in the world we live in today without something so much greater and dependable than our grit, than our strong will, than our self-control. All those things to me don't really help with this conversation of resiliency. There has to be some kind of resource that we're taking, we're drinking in, we're absorbing, we're assimilating in some way that is building up what I would call a reserve. Right. So resiliency to me is very much correlated to what kind of storehouse, what kind of how deep my well is, what reserve do I have to lean into when the storms come, when the trials come, when the surprises come, when I read one quote that Sometimes it's not the big things. It's the hundreds or thousands of paper cuts along the way. Yes, And I I feel like I'm experiencing so many of those types. It feels like, again, my grid, my narrative, my background is that there's so, there's been oftentimes in the natural what's happening, I, I don't have what I need. And in my own emotional platform, I don't have some of those great things that other people might've had from good habits that they were given. They can just power through. And that's where some of those, let's say World War One and Two vets, they they did they did they did have to tap into things and carve out things that maybe they didn't have that they needed for those times. But at the end of the day, I think you can't really tap into something that's not there. And so we either have to create that or we have to build upon those reserves. So that's how I feel like with resiliency. It's either missing or it's full or it's somewhere in a measurement that we have to add more, drink more water, eat more broccoli in the emotional and spiritual realm. Right. Well, I, I even think that kind of what you were saying about the World War One, World War Two, or yes. all throughout history, when we say, yes. oh, they had something within them to push forward. I do think there's kind of these two ways we look at resiliency because yes, there is of like, okay, I can push through it. Even when it's hard, I can push through. And I think that is something that is like this reserve, like, oh, I can push through when it's hard. But again, that is that is a very, very shallow well. And I think we're created with a very shallow reserve to be able to push through. And if we continue to push through, that's not resiliency anymore. That's blocking it out. And that's like dysfunction. Just like the perfect example of that, Mercy was helping me water the garden and our attachment to the hose was broken. The thing that you pull on and it has like the different nozzles and the different sprays, right? So it was broken. 
And so no matter what, no matter which one we turned it to, whether it's like spray or flow or whatever, whichever one we turned it to, water was just coming out all the sides of the hose, like just squirting everywhere. Yeah. And so she was like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with it? And I'm like, well, it's broken. And so because it's broken, it's trying to find a way out. The water is pushing through it and it's going to find a way out. And, and so I, even mm. as I said it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is a counterfeit resiliency to me is what we say. Oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm pushing through. It's fine. Or maybe you had the reserve again, of that short, small reserve to power through in the moment. I think is God created us with the ability to survive when we're right there yes. in the moment to be like, okay, I, I have to get through this really difficult situation these next few days. But that's where it's supposed to end. It's supposed to end there. That's when, okay, now I need to process this. Now I need to grieve with someone. Now I need to, yeah, walk this out rather than blocking it out, powering through it. So again, just to define what resiliency is, resiliency is not just blocking it out because what will happen just like that hose, you're, you're trying to push it down and it will come out all sorts of sideways. And we all know what that feels like, right? We're just like, oh yeah, it's fine. It's fine. And then all of a sudden, whoa, why all of a sudden now am I super triggered in this way? Why when this person says this, I respond at a 10 when that was just what they said did not deserve a 10 response. So just saying that first too, that making sure we're clear, resiliency is not just powering through just somehow being able to handle really difficult things on a continual basis. Yes. So what I hear you saying, Mary, is there's this small capacity God has given us. And I just want to amen that real quickly to say that I think most of us think because we have God, we should be able to do the impossible just because he is near and present. But the truth is, if you haven't been drinking from him and being transformed by him, your mind, your heart. What happens is in the small reserve that you have or capacity, God multiplies your capacity because of him changing you from the inside out. This is where our reserves come from. It's not our small capacity, which is enough to put us into shock. Let's say when we're in a car accident, it will keep us alive. We might not even feel the pain when we have to crawl out of the car and get out of the ditch, so to speak, because God has wired us for very short amounts of time to survive. We can run faster than we ever dreamed when a bear is chasing us. But if we live in a place of where a bear is chasing us from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed, we not only have depleted our small capacity that we can tap into because of how we're designed, But if we went into that situation on the campground and the bear starts to chase us and we don't have a well, we don't have a reserve, we don't have a full reserve that we can tap into, we can't be surprised in these moments of our lives when we begin to have repetitive events or feelings or thoughts or conversations. And the well, we'll call that the little capacity God has given us. We'll call it a vessel that holds something. A well holds water. And the part in us that God has given us in our own self is very limited. Right. But the capacity and the vessel that God gives us as we tap into him is 
endless. Yes. It's everlasting. It can go beyond measure because it's God himself. We really kind of want to see this in very simple terms, that God is the one that gives us what we need with unlimited resources. That book, Resiliency, Mary, that we talked about that John Eldridge wrote. Yeah, so good. I love that introductory analogy about a camel. And I'm just extrapolating the camel to the person. Right. It's a cool word picture because you can imagine the desert and you can see a camel. And that camel is walking across desert. The sand is hot, but this camel is walking thousands of miles across the desert. But the camel has to have water. So the camel has a large reserve of water. But when that reservoir begins to get depleted, if you're not monitoring that camel carefully, he will just keep trekking along, trekking along, trekking along the desert. And one day he comes to a place and he kneels down on his knees and he dies. This is such a picture of how I felt at times in my life. Yes. This is such a picture of what we do. We exhaust our reserves, but I'm going to add something to that. I believe, let's take this word picture. Let's try to imagine that's us. We go into a situation that is crossing the desert with no reserves to begin with. Yeah. This is where I find so many of us are. We go in almost with a cistern that has no water at all. Yeah. And and we've already been through so much. That's why that cistern is empty. And now we're going into the next phase. It continues. Our cortisol levels just shoot out the roof day in and day out because we're just pumping adrenaline because we're constantly going forward with very difficult situations and these adversities. And we wonder why we just can't cope. Right. What's the matter with us? We're pushing, we're doing what we said, we're trying with everything we have, but we don't understand that that what's maybe counterintuitive is that we have to do something different than the way we've been doing it. The idea of resiliency, I think, seems a little bit more mysterious today because there's not as much emphasis on the proactive things. Today in our culture, in the West where we live, things are much faster There's no real thought to being proactive. In a proactive way, we're saying that resiliency builds in us to the degree that we're refilling and refueling our emotional life, our spiritual life, and even our physical life. Yes, absolutely. I read somewhere that said resilience is the ability to withstand adversity and bounce back from difficult life events. Being resilient does not mean a person doesn't experience extreme stress, emotional upheaval, and at times intense suffering. Resilience, though, involves the ability to work through the emotional pain and suffering. I just, I love that definition because it redefines resiliency in this whole other way of weight. No, it has nothing to do with not experiencing deep pain and trauma, right? (laughs) But what is the key here and what do we feel is lacking in ourselves and in people around us is the ability to work through this emotional pain and suffering, to to work through it and to come out the other side saying, 
that was really, really hard and painful. That was difficult. But you know what? I have a people around me that love me. I have the Lord and I'm anchored in him. That is what is lacking. I was even having this conversation with my 16 year old and we've talked about this. I think she gets her generation gets kind of jaded from this topic because she's like, I hear that from everybody. Like Gen Z doesn't have any resiliency. And so we were just kind of hashing that out. I'm like, well, why do you think that is? What do you think that is? And she was kind of saying like, well, we have to deal with a lot more stuff. And I'm like, well, Yeah, but all throughout generations, people have had to deal with really, really hard things. I mean, yeah, absolutely, you guys have to deal with hard things. But what her and I really got to is, I was like, I think the key is, is that throughout all generations, they didn't have it in their face constantly, you know, and and you're the first generation to, at a young age, to continually have it before your face, every pain and every trauma and every suffering with the news and social media constantly before you, the bombardment of information and intensity. Yes. And we were never meant to handle that. And we think the the more information we have, the more peaceful we feel. Studies time and time again are showing that is the opposite of what's true. So I don't think we need to spend so much time on that because I feel like we all know that. We all feel that. What the key is, is, okay, okay. So we live in this world that it feels like it's just closing in on us and there's just constant information. But how then shall we live? How do we become resilient? Yeah, that makes me think about how much the word has to say about this because you talk about do things ever really change? I definitely believe they change. I have people my age want to argue that point with me. I I do think there's some differences. So on one level, I agree with Bella that there are some dynamics at work, both seen and unseen, that I think are bringing us to places of feeling and overwhelm. Yeah, yeah. I think just the rate of speed, like a cyclone that just keeps cycling around every one of our lives Mm -hmm. and the information and knowing things that are hard on every level, it's too much. We really are dust. And we have a lot of capacity in the spirit realm, but in our physical frames and brains and emotions, we're only meant to take so much without coming away and pausing. We don't have that built into our society today, not living in ignorance that there are some things and dynamics today that are really, really speeding things up and making things more difficult. With that as a backdrop, I, I think it makes it even more important that we are intentional about thinking about that. But I do love how often the word, just the words you can pull out of like the epistles or even some of the gospels, the words it uses for what we would describe as these are the things that are sort of having a spin out of orbit. Some of the words that the word of God uses as difficulties, troubles, hardship, affliction, suffering, torment, crisis, trials. Every one of those words we would take as a negative connotation. None of those are we signing up for or do we want. If anything, we're trying to find ways to avoid those things. But I think the idea of why that's highlighted is so that we would not be surprised when these things come. It reminds me of the James verse, James chapter 1. Don't be surprised. Oh, that's actually First Peter. James is basically saying, consider it all joy when these happen, because you know that you're going to be in your testing. You're going to learn how to persevere with God in your corner 
so that when these things come again, you will not be so overwhelmed when you see them. Everything I'm saying there is a paraphrase. But you won't be so overwhelmed because you'll begin to realize that you're so desperate for God. You'll build your God relationship so that you'll be more prepared and you'll know in the end that something good came from it, that you'll have faced another fear in your life or you'll have built what? Perseverance, which guess what means? Resilience. Right, right. So so God is the one who can build this in us in a way that is like no other. And Mary, I, I think when you and I talk about this subject to all of our sweet audience that's listening, we speak this idea of the possibility of resilience to everyone listening, both of us, like many of you, have experienced many of the things on this list. So the question isn't, how do I stop these trials? You know, just cutting to the end of the book, basically the moral of the story is that you can't. Yeah. You can't. So there has to be something greater in the midst of all these trials, which really, I think that's what we're talking about is how how can I not fall apart? How can I not lose my mind? Yes my my the soundness of my mind how can i not lose my peace resiliency comes through a process of having things come into our lives that are hard and are difficult and it's very purposeful in our lives to cause us to increase that capacity by god's presence in our lives and over time who he is becomes our story and this is the way that we're able to move from glory to glory in our lives unto eternity. So I, I think that it's, first of all, a matter of accepting the fact that life is hard. And it's promised to us by the Lord, even Jesus himself. Jesus is a great example of someone who left eternity and his father to come to this dusty earth. I mean, if we could really think on that, we'd realize, well, that doesn't, that seems impossible. The idea is that there would be an acceptance, I think. I think that could help our resiliency. And that, again, we are leaning into for our very sanity and for our very wholeness. We're leaning into those things purposefully. We're going after them in a purposeful way that will bring us more and more the ability to live outside our circumstances and in a place that is full and has more capacity to be more whole just by being intentional, just by recognizing it, not closing our eyes, not like the monkeys, see no evil, hear no evil, that we wouldn't just plug our ears or our eyes or our hearts, but that we would begin to slowly invite Jesus in to look at these things, ask for his filling and ask for his eyes and his heart so that we could see that he is with us and that he is for us. Yeah, I I think, yeah, what you said, the ability to invite the Lord in to the midst of the pain, because even as we're talking and you're kind of touching on that, and we, I talked about in a previous episode about a runner who had a cut on their leg, but they just kept running and they were like, it's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. And the cut just kept getting more infected and more infected. And, but they just kept running. And eventually just like the camel in this story, the runner just collapsed and died from this infection. 
that could have been tended to. Honestly, I feel like part of our lack of resiliency is powering through. And a lot of that powering through, I'm using air quotations, you can't see me. Powering through is like you said, like that monkey, hear no evil, see no evil, just kind of blocking it out. How quick it is for all of us, for me included, to check out when I feel something painful or when I feel a pain inside of me, it is so stinking easy for all of us to not have to face it, to not have to deal with it. And again, what was the definition I read about resiliency? The ability to work through our pain and suffering. So when we have things that are so easy to just check out and numb ourselves and to get distracted, not to mention now we are faced constantly with a bombardment of more difficult and hard things at the same time. This is happening simultaneously. It's so wearing on our souls and it's just crushing and we can't sustain that. So we just, we just keep not looking at it. We keep not looking at it. And what happens when we keep not looking at something that things just getting more infected and we in turn don't, have those muscles of resiliency and those muscles are getting more atrophied. Yeah. And the reason they are is because we're not using those muscles. So we're not even building up the muscle, right? right? There's, there's again, muscle being pushing through, but that's how the world would see it in terms of back to that grit and that pushing. Right. Right. But the idea God is saying, my burden is easy. It's, it's light. So Yoke yourself to me. I do the work with the two oxen that's pulling. I'm doing the pulling. And so this is the problem is that we just try to work harder, jump higher, run faster. But the fact is, is that God is saying, I'll build that internal muscle in you because you can't even build it for yourself. I've given you a small amount of capacity so that you cannot become independent and rebel against my hand so that you have to have me in order to grow in this, even indicating to us, right, in all of nature, as well as scripture, that it is the water that runs in the rushing river, those beautiful river rocks that are smooth and rounded on the edges. It's they've, they've, They're tumbling over each other. It's the cuts, the collision of rock upon rock that he smooths smooths them. The rocks don't have to think about it. I'm not going to go down that that river right there. Look at all those sharp rocks. I'm going to stay right here and stay sharp. No, God takes them in the water tumbling over so that those rocks come and land in a place and they're beautiful and they end up locking into a little home in the river. I'm not talking that I talk to the rocks. Hope you all know that. (laughs) But I, I think about a pearl. You know what happens with a pearl is that the little clam thing. That's not what it's called, but I can't think yes. of the word, but it tries to heal itself. It gets a cut uh, on its internal self and it just keeps healing and trying to heal and heal. It comes from this sharp edge that has cut into its little soft body. And it, and as it keeps trying to heal and trying to heal and trying to heal, this thing called a pearl begins to form to protect it. And do you know that of all the pearls that are formed, It's only like one in some ridiculous number. It's like 10,000, I'm pretty sure. One in 10,000 pearls are even beautiful and the right shape and strong enough to make it into jewelry. Wow. But the thing is, is that comes through what? Agitation, cutting, the rocks, abrasion, collision, rock over rock. My favorite one is gold because God makes so much reference to this treasure we have hidden inside of us. This gold is hidden. It has to be mined. 
It has to be brought forth. And there's a lot of junk around the gold. It doesn't come out shiny and perfect. But for thousands of years, they have learned that fire is the thing that you, you scrape some gold together, you put it in this vessel that can withhold heat at 2000 degrees. Yes. This vessel is called a crucible. You put these gold flakes in, everything that's no good gets burned away in a very intensive heat. Okay, what are these pictures telling us? They're telling us that God is saying, these things are my mercy in your life. I will be the one to help strengthen your weak leg. I'll be the one to help solidify your unsound mind. I will come in in these places where when these tidal waves, when these class five hurricanes come into your life, and if they come in more repetitively, don't be alarmed because I told you as it got closer to me coming back, these things would happen. So do not be alarmed. I have not left you. And it's my mercy that's building something in you, in me, that will help you withstand. I am the sanctuary. I am your refuge in the time of storm. If you will hide in me, I have what you need. This I believe with everything in me. I, I do believe this is the safe place that we have. And in that shelter of God, we will come to trust him and believe and know that he is good and that he will carry us through the storms. If we don't have that connection, I believe that this is where we can be like the camel and we've been trying to do it on our own and we've been trying to do it on our own and we've been trying to do it on our own and we collapse. Right. We were not created to be independent from our creator. We were created as dust and we were designed to draw all of our sustenance and all of our resiliency through him. Again, that can look like so many ways and how that's applied in our life. But I do believe that there is more than enough in God to walk in a resiliency, no matter how much stronger the waves get, or the storms, or how much more often they occur, that, that if we lean into this capacity, invite God into this place, he will increase it, that resiliency. Amen. That's so good. Yes. I love that. <laughs> Preach it. I love yeah. it. Yes. Because like we've said in other episodes, sometimes we we want a, another answer. We want a formula or something. But you saying again, it's a journey. It's the process of building these pearls. Yes. And that process comes with continuing to attach herself to the vine, to abide in him. And in that place, he will lead us. He'll show us where we're off. He'll show us yes. like, oh, come here, little little clam, little rock in your little stream. <laughs> yes. yes. Come yes. down this path. And he yes. does. He leads us. He guides us. He directs us. And even as I was reading things about resiliency, people just continue to say, how do you build up resiliency? It's like be in connection with other people. And yes. it says your thoughts, your belief systems. I yeah. I watched, mama, did you ever watch Inception with Leonardo DiCaprio? I I didn't. I dad didn't. I think he said it left an impression. Oh my gosh, mom, you should totally see it. Anyways, I just watched it the other day. But this idea of 
they're trying to implant an idea into somebody's subconscious. And I don't want to like spoil it for anybody, but that's kind of the premise of the movie. And it's so powerful because basically it's showing mm. once you have this idea implanted into your mind, Leonardo DiCaprio kind of says at the end, I had no idea how this would affect every area of their lives. Mm. Once oh, an idea. Oh, wow. Sounds powerful. Yeah, it's, it's yes. so good. I was just like, oh my gosh, I just, I love the whole idea because it is it's so real. Yes. Our ideas, our belief systems, our thoughts affect everything. They are dictating everything. Mm. We think that mm. we're making choices. We're not. We're living out of our belief systems. So yeah, I think this idea of resiliency is like truly going back our, to our belief systems to say, oh, Lord, I have nothing. I, I can't do this. I can't. I can't do this. Yes. Lord, you have to be the one to sustain my heart. You have to be the one to anchor me. So I can't remember if I've shared this, I, this story yet, but I was on this sailboat and I was at this conference for my work. I got insanely sick, like so nauseous and so sick. I get crazy motion sickness. And I even took motion sickness medicine and I still was awful. And we were supposed to be doing a shoot. We were all supposed to be taking pictures. And I was just laying on the top of this sailboat because I felt so sick and so dizzy. I just had terrible vertigo. Now, this isn't real, right? This is a dream <laughs> no. or something. <laughs> no, this is real. This is real. Oh, this is real. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. Okay. This is, yes. I was, <laughs> I was on this sailboat feeling so, so dizzy, so nauseous. And I had a friend next to me and she was also pretty nauseous too. And so the guy who's kind of over the workshop, he kind of comes and starts talking to us at this point. I'm just like, you know how they tell you, okay, try to find a fixed point, like as far as the eye can see when you get really nauseous. So I'm trying to do that, looking at this mountain or hill, like way far from me. And so this guy kind of comes in front of us and just starts chatting and talking. I know he's trying to just kind of get our minds off of it, maybe. And the girl next to me finally says to him, hey, I'm so sorry, but could you move over? Like, we're trying to keep our eyes fixed on that one point over there. The horizon. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we're trying to keep our eyes fixed on the horizon. And you're kind of distracting us. I was feeling the same thing, but I didn't really say anything. So anyways, he's like, oh my gosh, yeah, of course. So we kind of scoots over and I was like, oh yes, that's what I needed. And immediately I just felt like the Lord started speaking to my heart. Mary, that is what's happening. You are just in life, like spinning, spinning, spinning. You're like a ballerina that just keeps mm. spinning faster and faster. And you think the solution is I just have to stop the spinning. I just have to stop the spinning, yes. but it just keeps yes. going faster. It just keeps going faster. And he's like, that's not the solution. The solution, like a ballerina that has to find a fixed point. The solution is yes. fixing your eyes on the horizon line, fixing your eyes on me because it's going to keep spinning faster. You can't make that stop. That's what everybody else is trying to do. That's what the world is trying yes. to do. Is, Can we just make it stop? And the Lord's saying, it's not going to stop. It actually yes. might just start going faster, but will we fix our eyes on him and anchor yes. ourselves and he will settle the noise and the chaos in our minds? Yes. Yes, Jesus. We ask you now, Lord, would you come? Would you move all of us that are listening and thinking about this topic today, Lord? Would we hear your voice? Would we, would we look for you? Would we look for you as our horizon in the midst yes. of our spinning lives, God? Lord, would you awaken us to realize and to keep our eyes fixed on you, Jesus? We know that you are our safe place. The spinning stops inside of you. So God, we pray for ourselves and for all those listening. Lord, come and remind us today that you are the one who calms the storms of our life. 
you have the ability, the capacity, and you can teach us, Lord, how to stay fixed inside of you. We love you, Jesus. Come, Lord, and help us even today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yes, Mama, that's so good. And I have one last little little picture I'll share is in the last few days, I've been having to really focus on my plants because some of them got this sort of disease or something. I don't, I don't know. I, I love plants like so much, but I'm also so not an expert. And so I just kind of keep them alive and I enjoy it and I love it. But when something really bad happens, I'm like, oh crap, I have no idea how to fix this. And so anyway, there's this one plant that I've had for four or five years and I've kept it alive. Good. I'm very proud of myself. I've kept it alive, but it doesn't really grow any new leaves. It just kind of stays alive. And I don't really have any point of reference to what it's supposed to do. Right. So I'm just like, okay, it's staying alive. It's doing well. The the leaves it does have are pretty green. So I give it sun, I give it water. It's, it's fine. But in the last few weeks or month, all my plants have gotten this little disease that I had to addressed or they were all just going to die. So this caused me to have to pay attention, to have to be intentional to see what's going on with them. So I had to look at their soil, see what was going on with it, plant people that know these things, you know, hydrogen levels and all of this. I had to actually think about these things and uh, did different things. And for wow. I know, I know, I know it was actually kind of fun, but anyway, so I was, I was looking at these different things in this one plant. I, I had to rechange the soil and redo these things and give it new fertilizer. And then I put it outside because it was normally inside. So I put it outside. This was 10 days ago. And a few days ago, I went outside and I about lost my mind. I, my husband's like, wow, you are very excited about this. And I was like, oh my gosh, this plant that I got like four years ago that was dying from this disease three weeks ago, I go outside to see it on my porch and it has like 25 new little leaves growing on it. Yeah. No, it was like, I still, I just kept showing my kids and Charlie. I'm like, do you see that? Do you remember this plant? Do you remember this plant? It didn't have, it only had three leaves for like four years. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. And they're like, yeah, mom. I'm like, no, you don't understand. This is amazing. And I just was, I'm still like, that's crazy. And I know it really is. And I've just got honestly just been sitting on, on that. And I'm like, Lord, that's so crazy. What is that about? And I just felt the Lord's just been kind of showing me there's this ability that we have to survive, but the Lord's saying, I'm calling you to thrive. And it's like for years, I didn't even know what it looked like for that plant to thrive. I didn't even know what its real capacity was. And and it wasn't dying. It was was alive. And I thought it was doing fine. When I stopped to be super intentional, to be like, what what do they need? What does this plant actually need to grow and to thrive? It became something I had no idea was even possible. So yes, yeah, isn't that such a cool picture? Beautiful story. It just makes me so happy and excited. And so yeah, as we just close, just the Lord is so incredibly faithful when we sit with Him, and and we've said this on so many different episodes. I feel like, and we'll continue to say it: like He will lead us. He will show us. As I was even thinking about my plant of the things that are harmful for, for that plant to grow, where the things that are stunting its growth, right? Whether it be what we're yes. watching, what we're listening to, who we're talking to, who our friends are, where we're spending our time. There are things that could be very much stunting our growth. 
And then things that would actually be a positive. When I think of like fertilizer, of being in a community of believers who are praying together and interceding together and encouraging one another, it's, it's not a formula, but the Lord will lead us. He is faithful when we are intentional to sit with him. Like we've continued to say, he will lead us to what will help us to thrive and grow like my little plant. Oh, beautiful. And we are his most favorite plants, each one of us. Just to think of him tending us like you did to your plant is beautiful. All of it's beautiful. Man, yes. Thank you, Jesus. That's a beautiful picture. Yes. Well, we just so encourage you guys this week as you walk out this journey of resiliency and we know it is a journey. It is not just a one and done thing. And we just encourage you to, when you're feeling that, when you're feeling this week stuck or just, I don't have the grace or the capacity to look at this or to think about this or to deal with this right now, we just invite you to pause, to pause in that moment when you're feeling that just wound or that trigger or something bubble up again to just pause in that moment and sit with the Lord and say, Lord, like what's going on here? Help me, teach me, show me how to walk through this with you. Yeah. I think what you just closed with Mary is one of the keys is the power of stopping. And that's what can break this cycle in our head that is keeping us from being resilient. And as simple as that is just stop, stop at any given moment and invite God in yes. this week. Thank you so much again for tuning in to the More Than Enough podcast. We are still busy behind the scenes setting up our website, but for now, if you would like to stay up to date or follow along, you can follow us on Instagram at Girls. That's A-M-E-S-G-I-R-L-S. We know that because we're a newer podcast, one of the best ways for people to find us is through reviews. So if you would take just a few minutes and write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would be so grateful. Thank you so much again for joining us and we look forward to chatting it up again with you next week. Have a lovely week.